This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Mashek. Only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Hello and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Mashek. And it's just us today. It's a little lonely in here. Don't have I feel our reporters with us. I, I feel like a, there's a void in my newsy heart. I know. I but know. you know that's not going to stop us from delivering you the news that you want to hear. Not at all. We've got a good show today, filled with all your local news and a special update at some scandals surrounding the CSU ASCSU elections, as well as a look at some good Mexican food you can grab in Fort Collins and discussions about full day kindergarten. I, you know, I'm thrilled. It's that does, that makes show. it sound like I'm not thrilled. I'm actually thrilled for it. <laughs> but you know what I'm more excited for? The local news. All right, here we go. I'm Emily Moshak here with your local newscast on the Rocky Mountain Review. Breaking news as of 1.26 p.m. today. Thornton is planning to sue Larimer County after the county commissioner voted to reject the Thornton pipeline. The decision to sue was announced today at 1.26 p.m. Thornton officials were previously quiet about the rejection, which happened in February of this year. If the pipeline had been approved, it would carry 14,000 acre feet of water from the Poudre River to the city. The project would have begun this year and been completed by 2025. Many community members opposed the pipeline, saying construction would be inconvenient and it would not be enough to benefit the community. Other organizations, such as Save the Poudre, also opposed the pipeline plan. They supported an alternative plan that would eliminate the entire northern segment of the pipeline, but still allow it to flow through some parts of the Poudre. Thornton rejected this alternative, saying it would diminish their water quality. Save the Poudre Executive Director Gary Walkner pledged support for Larimer County, promising to fight Thornton every step of the way. The National Endowment for the Humanities has awarded $350,000 to Colorado State University in order to further develop the Colorado Encyclopedia, reports Emily Gershik for The Collegian. The Encyclopedia is an online resource containing just about everything about Colorado and is currently in its second phase of development. With this grant money, the Encyclopedia will be expanded to 300 new articles, with some of those being specifically geared towards 4th, 8th, and 10th grade readers. The project is expected to be finished by May of 2022 and will be overseen by Don Paschal, Associate Dean for Research, Digital Library, and Data Services, and Editor-in-Chief William Way of the University of Colorado. Articles for the encyclopedia will be written by editors and recruited authors, as well as graduate students from Colorado State University and the University of Colorado, who will be supervised by their respected faculty members. On Tuesday, Fort Collins police arrested a man for sexual assault on a child, according to a press release by Fort Collins Police Services. The suspect is Christopher Webb after he allegedly approached a mother with her child at a playground located on West Horsetooth Road. They struck up a conversation, and the mother ended up inviting Webb to attend church and go out to lunch with her and her daughter. Later on, the child told her mom that Webb had touched her inappropriately during the time they spent together. Webb was arrested and booked into Larimer County Jail for sexual assault on a child, which is a Class 4 felony. Police detectives are concerned that additional victims of Webb may be out there, and they are urging anyone with information about this incident or others to contact Detective Siobhan Seymour at 970-416-2195 or Crime Stoppers of Larimer County at 970-221-6868 or at www.stopcriminals.org. All arrested individuals are presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. On April 2nd, Fort Collins Mayor Wade Troxell won the mayoral race to begin his third term as mayor after earning almost 75% of the vote. But one group that did not endorse him was the Northern Colorado Fraternal Order of Police Lodge No. 3, who represents the Fort Collins Police. Now, Mayor Troxell has been accused by the Fort Collins Police Union of intimidating members of the union who did not endorse his re-election bid, according to the Coloradoan. 
The lawyer representing this union, Mark Collin, said to city attorneys via email that Troxel had threatened Chris Wren, the Lodge 3 president, as well as a current city police officer and other union members about what consequences they would face if they did not endorse his bid for re-election. Troxel and city attorney Kerry Daggett vehemently denied any impropriety and are questioning how this incident even began in the first place. Daggett says that there needs to be more discussion about separate union and individual employee actions around city election seasons and be more clear about what is and is not allowed during these times. However, Collins says that separating the union from the active city employees is, quote, a distinction without a difference, unquote. Employees fear that endorsements of their organizations could infect their employee status. The exchange in Old Town, located at 244 North College Avenue, has obtained its liquor license for a common consumption area, reports Coloradoan. The exchange is a collection of stores and restaurants in northern Old Town between Jefferson and Pine Streets and will become the first place in Fort Collins history to have an outdoor common consumption area. Visitors will be able to stop by one of the restaurants or the winery, the brewery, or the distillery and take their drinks outside to enjoy in this area. This project has been in development for almost three years by Brickman Construction. The list of establishments that will be participating in this common consumption are the Pizza Press, Crooked Stave, Old Town Putt-Putt, Vatos Tacos, Copper Copper Muse Distillery, and the Infinite Monkey Theorem. The exchange is open from 7 in the morning to midnight and is part of an overall entertainment district. It will be fenced in and staffed with security, and wristbands will be required for those drinking alcoholic beverages, which serves required to conduct hourly rounds to make sure people have them on. Rules for common consumption at the exchange include all alcoholic beverages sold for the common consumption area must be disposable, establishments must check the ID of anyone ordering alcohol and then administer them a wristband, and people will be kicked out if they break any of these rules. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Emily Moshek. You know, that's actually, that last point is really cool because I was just thinking, I've, I've been over to that area. It has a really nice bench outside, you know, hangout spot with a, you know, there's a fireplace. And I'm like, it'd be so cool if I could have a beer out here. But I can't because that's illegal in Colorado. But now, totally can. I know. I agree. I am definitely going to be enjoying this new role, especially as it gets warmer and we get oh. out of this bomb cyclone thing. Absolutely. What a, what a crazy storm we had yesterday. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Wow, so, so strange. <laughs> so strange. But there's another storm of events that's going on. Oh, yes. It's the ASCSU elections. And boy, oh, boy, has there been a bit of uh, some scandal going on there. Mm-hmm. Our reporter, Ren Wadsworth, will tell you all about it. Only here on the Rocky Mountain Review. The Collegian released a front-page feature about Benjamin Amundsen and Alex Ferris, two candidates who were in the running for the next ASCSU president and vice president going over the given elections budget. So we actually had Nick Bond, who is the current controller in the Department of Finance at ASCSU, come downstairs and tell us, hey, I have been looking at their like campaign finance reports and something's not adding up. But the story and the newspapers didn't make it into the hands of many students on campus. We had like three people come in or three times where people came in and basically told us like your newsstands are empty. That was really weird. And then there was another person who ended up coming in with like a stack himself and told us. um, I've been seeing people running around, grabbing these off the newsstands, ripping them up and throwing them in the trash. Employees at the Collegian weren't satisfied with their story in the trash and decided to run the story again on Wednesday. Then members of the editorial team handed out the papers themselves Wednesday morning. So I think it just shows like the power of being able to do something um, and like be pretty diplomatic about how you do it and be pretty smart in the way that you do it. Um, And then that like is the statement that gets made is like you can't, you can't like, there's no silver bullet for this. Like somebody, like we're going to get this story out regardless of whether or not you want it to get out or not. Ren Wadsworth with the Rocky Mountain Review. Ah, I wish there was some music that I could listen to. Well, how about the Beach Boys? I could vibe to that. What about ACDC? Ooh, I could vibe to that. The Cars? Oh, I could vibe to that. Well, what if I told you there was a place you could listen to all of those people at once? Oh, I could triple vibe to that. Oh, yeah? Oh, well, yeah. Well, if you tune in to Through the Decades, your favorite classic rock radio show with me, DJ Ems, every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m., you can vibe to that only here on KCSU-FM.
And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show only here on 90.5 Case Issue for Collins. I'm your host, J.D. Layton, joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moshak. What do you think about that? People are uh, trying to get rid of papers. They don't want any 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 potentially negative claims on the on their candidate out that's that seems a bit ridiculous it's sort of obstructing free speech it really is i think it's even funnier how they assumed that nobody would notice and kind of thought that would be a good idea i feel like nothing can really go well from playing it I don't know, playing it dirty in politics per se. Yeah, so any- I don't know where, where that idea was coming from, but I am not super invested in ASCSC politics, I will admit, especially since I am graduating. Yeah. But I don't know. After this, I'm like, I might just vote. I swear, every year there's a new a new little scandal that goes along with it. I know. If, uh, if anybody tells you that student government is different than actual government, they are mistaken. Any, I mean, who who else can find $800,000 that they didn't know they had? Yeah, I know. That's not something I'd forget about. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I guess they did. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out more after the elections, which will be announced today. Today, yeah. Yep, today. But in lighter news, as in margarita and taco kind of later news. Mm, that's the type of news that i do love the most oh yes our reporter maximus hunter went on the hunt i shouldn't have said that because his last name is hunter but it's the first <laughs> thing that came into my brain to find the best mexican food in fort collins would you so, say he's going to give us the scoop of nacho cheese Ew, that was bad. That was bad. I tried. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to shut up and let you listen about all the delicious Mexican food that Max has tried. And maybe you'll find that you want to try some, too. Only here on the Rocky Mountain Review. Hello, my name is Maximos Hunter, and welcome to the Restaurant Report on 90.5 KCSU. Hope you're hungry. If you speak to a Fort Collins resident about what makes this city unique, they'll likely mention the legendary statistic that Fort Collins has more restaurants per capita than any other U.S. city. That's only a myth, but we do boast a smorgasbord of incredible eateries around town. So many so that it would be impossible to try them all. That's why I'm here. At the Restaurant Report, I'm getting a scoop of the food scene of Fort Collins and letting you know what's around town. This month, I'm chowing down on Mexican food. The scene in Fort Collins is packed with top-notch places to get tacos and burritos, so I had to explore. The first place I went was Torteria y Panaderia Las Four Americas, located on College Avenue just south of Prospect. Only upon opening the door at Americas, you know you're in for a treat. The restaurant is separated into three parts, a place to order, a dining area, and a store slash bakery. The menu is fairly large with a massive selection of traditional tacos to choose from. Each taco comes in a handmade tortilla with just the basics, meat, onions, cilantro, and a lime on the side. They also come with salsa, which I must admit blew my expectations way out of the water. The green salsa especially was so good that I bought a tub to take home and it was gone in three days. The tacos are incredibly flavorful, with masterfully cooked and spiced meat. In my opinion, these were pretty much the perfect tacos. After eating, I went to the shop where I purchased some fresh, fluffy tortillas, corn chips that were made in store, and that green salsa that I liked so much. There's a decent selection of pre-made food and ingredients for sale, as well as plenty of fresh baked goods. Tortilleria y Panaderia Las Four Americas has a pretty interesting story behind it. I'll let Vicente tell it. My name is Vicente Corona. I'm here manager at Las Four Americas. Awesome. So how long have you guys been open? Uh, we've been in business for 12 years. It's a family-owned business. Uh, now uh, the brothers run it. My parents started with the business at first. Yeah. Right on. And I know you guys have two locations here and in Evans. Which was first? Yeah, the one, was, it, the one here was first. Uh, we started here about 12 years ago, and then we expanded to Greeley. Now we have two of them, actually. Awesome. One in Evans and one in Greeley. Oh, awesome. I actually didn't know that. Um, can you tell me what kind of changes have you guys done in the last 12 years? Uh, well, we started with the tortilla shop just by itself, and then we added a bakery to make our Mexican pastries, and then we added the kitchen 
to make some food, some good uh, Mexican authentic food. Yeah. And it was received positively. Everyone yes. seemed to. Yes, everybody seemed to start knowing it. It was just word of mouth, and uh, now we're really big. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, what yeah, What do you think defines uh, traditional Mexican food? What do you think? I want to say with the fresh spices that you make from scratch, um, no artificial flavors. Um, that's what really gives a good taste of the food. Could you describe those a little for me for our listeners? Uh, that yeah, like, um, you would, let's say, like the pastor, you know, you will make, you will boil the chilies from scratch, make your own seasoning a little bit, a little bit of pepper, spices, and that makes a good, good recipe for some meat cool. to marinate. That's a good sound bite right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Um, how, how did you, you come up with the name? You guys have a very noticeable... Uh, yeah, name. my uncle started in Langma about, I want to say about good 15, 20 years ago. Um, he opened the first one there. He wanted to call Americas just t- t- for it could be the first tortilla shop open in America. Awesome. And then uh, we started um, adding the numbers right next to it. So we're the fourth one and there's 10 of them now. Huh, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, and they're all owned by the family members. Awesome. Yeah. So it's it's an entirely family business, yes, all ten of yes, them. Yes, yeah. So it's like Americas and Americas one, Americas two, till we go to ten. So have you been working here your whole life? Yes, I've been here for five years with my parents, and now I run the shop. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we're about to wrap it up. But one last question: If you had something you wanted to say to everyone in Fort Collins about this restaurant, what do you want them to know? Uh, I want want them to know that we have me make fresh stuff daily. Um, everything in here is fresh and we bring our meat from our meat market in Evans so everything's gonna be local here in Colorado and uh, we make fresh things every day and uh, we're rated number one right now on Google awesome well thank you so much yeah next on my adventure I fathom deep into the heart of Old Town to illegal Pete's the Colorado local burrito chain has captured the hearts of many by using a style like Chipotle but really going above and beyond with the details The comparison to Chipotle is hard to avoid when you put your burrito together, only because Illegal Pizza has so many more options. Sure, they have meat and veggies, but they also have fish. Guac is still extra, unless you forego cheese and sour cream, but you can also get potatoes, green pork chili, queso, or even pesto. To top all that off, once your burrito is done, your burrito engineer will mix together all the ingredients before wrapping your burrito up. That means no more bites of all meat or all rice. Illegal Pizza's got the burrito game in the bag. I spoke with the manager, Matthew, over the phone about the history of Illegal Pizza. He's been working at the four-year-old location of Fort Collins for two years. Illegal Pizza itself began in 1996, founded by Pete Turner in Boulder. Pete wanted to create a unique atmosphere that was counterculture, hence the name Illegal Pizza. The atmosphere is very important to the people of Illegal Pizza. They want the customers to have a good time. There are no uniforms, and employees are encouraged to get to know the people in line. There are bars both in the main downstairs area and on the patio upstairs, which is open to anyone. The main floor splits in half, opening up to a stage. Matthew told me that Illegal Pete's hosts live music very often, and has a starving artists program, which encourages traveling artists to perform there if they need a venue. Matthew says that Illegal Pete's is a great place to grab a fish taco, build a burrito, have a beer, and relax on the patio. The final Mexican excursion on my list was Fuzzy's Tacos. A student favorite, the Mexican franchise has everything you could ask for on its menu, and a notable selection of drinks. That includes a fishbowl full of blue alcohol, which I decided against trying. The taco shop has a comfortable, laid-back feeling to it. Speakers all around the restaurant play pop music, and there are several TVs going on showing different sports and things. I went to Fuzzy's twice, once for the interview and a burrito, and once again on Monday night after my soccer game for a beer. Fuzzy's does Monday night dollar tacos and three dollar microbrews, which attracts a lively and crowded student atmosphere. My tacos were fine, the addition of the habanero sauce they provide made them better. The burrito I got smothered in chili and cheese was undeniably delicious. My only regret was there wasn't more. I spoke with Jenny, the manager, about life at Fuzzy's Tacos. Hi, can I get you to introduce yourself? Jenny. Nice to meet you, Jenny. Jenny, how long have you worked for Fuzzy's Tacos? I've been here for five years. Wow. Yeah, quite some time. That, that is a really long time. How long has Fuzzy's Tacos been open? Um, honestly, I don't know the exact date, but we opened up in 2013, I believe. Oh, right on. Yeah. So you were here pretty much, uh, pretty close one. to opening. Yeah, about two years. And so have you watched this place grow a lot? Um, yeah, definitely. I've been here through 
like all the craziness we remodeled about two and a half years ago um so we shut down for like four days and yeah i mean we've been for a really long time so right constantly something new right on uh speaking of new things have you guys uh changed your menu a lot um, so we do limited time only um, menu items. Um, right now we actually have, uh, we're calling it Take It Squeezy. We have some uh, spicy pork Corona nachos. We have a new burrito that's dropping um, today actually. We have a lime my fire burrito, which is gonna have like a jalapeno cilantro lime um, agave mix to it. That sounds delicious. Mm -hmm and then a Corona on top, and then we also have these new tacos um, called the Lime Time Shrimp Tacos, um, and it's gonna have a cilantro lime slaw pico de gallo on top. Um, it's really good with a fresh squeezed lime on top of that. And then a Corona con queso, which is just Corona with queso. <laughs> right on, <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, you guys have a lot of really interesting tacos here. What do you think uh, defines the tacos here at Fuzzies? Honestly, because they're like they're very basic tacos. It's lettuce, tomatoes, cilantro, feta, garlic sauce, cheese, and meat. Um, and just being able to choose different meats, and they're they're pretty cheap. So two 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 sixty nine to two ninety nine for a basic taco. Right what what are some of your favorites? Um, brisket's one of my favorites. Um, you're gonna think I'm crazy. Veggie crispy's really tasty. Uh, I think it knocks it out of the park. A lot of people don't really expect it to be that good. Um, and then any of the fajitas are good. Our spicy pork is really popular as well. Awesome. Uh, do you think this place attracts a lot of students? Definitely, um, only because we're really in the area. Um, a lot of our other fuzzies have a complete de different demographic. Um, so kind of just all ages, just depends on where you live, but just because we're right next to CSU, we get a lot of students here. Right on. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit more about that? Is There's more than one Fuzzies. Is it a... Is it a so it's a franchise. A brand? Okay, thank It you. started in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Um, and our location actually was one of the first locations that we've owned. Oh. Um, the one off Elizabeth is um, the very first that our owners had opened. Um, and kind of grew from there. We're trying to open up one per district that we own. Okay. Um, so we currently have um, Campus West, Harmony. We have one in Windsor, Longmont. We have, I think, three in Colorado Springs now, one in Castle Rock. So a lot of them spurting up all over the place. I think Centennial awesome. just opened up as well. So That's it's like great. wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to say one thing to anyone who's listening who may not have heard of Fuzzy's Tacos before, what would you say to get them to come check it out? Like super cheap. Like a lot of our regulars come because it's we provide good prices for beer tacos food and it's really good quality for the price awesome. um and it's just a good atmosphere like it's completely different than most taco shops that you're going to go to it's a sports bar that serves tacos and it's just a fun place it's definitely not something that's like you've seen before awesome well thanks so much Jen. Awesome. thank you belly full and mouth on fire I finished my Mexican food journey. I hope you had fun experiencing it with me here on The Restaurant Report. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm your host, J.D. Layden, joined in studio by my co-host, Emily Moschak. As well as our station manager and former news director. What's up? It's Julia. Julia, <laughs> does I'm it feel back. good to be back in the news it's review It's weird. Um, I, well, I mean, I'm not in one of those chairs, so True. I'm still in the, the third seat mic, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I, I feel the stress that I used to feel, so that's fun. <laughs> trying to get everything done in time. <laughs> it is. Well, stressful. you can relax now because you're here. It's all done. <laughs> and, and we're uh, just going to have a heated discussion. <laughs> we're just going to get super spicy with this discussion, <laughs> like that Can't review wait. of Mexican food yeah. mm. by our man Max. 
by our man Matt. I'm definitely super hungry right now. I know. That, I want, that's that's those hungry. restaurant reviews always get me. I know. I'm starving. <laughs> Oh starving goodness. for more food reviews starving for more food, <laughs> oh, food yes. reviews absolutely oh hold on sorry i just tried to pull up an article about a discussion and then i was like you haven't paid us <laughs> so <laughs> not gonna read that one Oops. but anyway today we are discussing governor jared polis's campaign for full day kindergarten um for everyone in colorado and people are either in favor of it because they think, you know, it'll help with education. They think it will save money in the long run um, and be able to pay teachers more. But then some people are against it because they want to spend time with their kids. They don't think it's really necessary for kindergartners to have full days. And it's there's been kind of, from what I'm gathering, mixed reports on actually how much this is going to cost. Um, but around 20... 20, 227 million of the state budget Ugh. would go towards kindergarten. Ugh. Wow. Which is a lot. So I'm so, just going to drop this bombshell right here. I went to full day kindergarten. Me too. I and I'm not. still dumb. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so All right. immediately, uh, I'm already thinking that this is a gross misuse of funding at this point. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it. I like spending as little money as possible so we can put it for things that I feel like really, really matter. Yeah, I... Well, that's the thing. I'm still unclear about the money. They do say, at least in this article I'm reading from the Colorado one, that it'll end up like making more money in the future. But the article, I'm not going to lie, is a little confusing, and I don't quite understand how that's supposed to work. Are they saying that the investment in children early on will eventually pay itself back? I'm not sure. It, It doesn't explain that in the article. It just says... They estimate families will save thousands of dollars because of this, but I, I don't get how. I think I think what they're alluding to in that case is that people don't have to pay for daycare. Oh. Hmm. Well, I think something something that I saw that I find to be uh, probably pretty helpful is that for you know low income low income families, this is something that's really helpful for them is that they don't have to worry about you know trying to. Um, I guess be there for their kids when they have to be working and stuff like that. And knowing like how I grew up, like that was something that was definitely really helpful was having so that I I wasn't like trying to like walk home and like take care of myself. My mom was able to go to work. Um, and I was able to still be learning at school. Um, but I definitely get where you, where you two are both coming from with the spending aspect, especially when, um, you know, we're in college and I feel like sometimes we wish that we were seeing some of that funding, um, instead of just for kindergartners. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I definitely see that point and I think it is true because when parents can't be home, you know, you need that full day kindergarten to have the kids place someone to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so I agree in that aspect that it's important. Um, but on the flip side, I don't think it's necessary for everybody. Like, I guess the daycare thing is the only reason I would see it necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary in terms of student intelligence. I don't think they people are saying that it can help but mm-hmm. i personally i went to half day kindergarten i'm doing just fine in school i think at that age when you're in kindergarten you're mm-hmm. all doing like shapes and numbers and you're not really doing anything that you couldn't do at home with your parents and but at the same time you know i was very fortunate i had a mother who was able to stay home with me until mm-hmm. i was about 10 so I would come home from half day and then I would hang out with my mom and show her all the coloring I learned, <laughs> like, you know. So for me, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And I feel like if a child has a support system at home, then it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem. A lot of families don't. So yeah. I think it could be beneficial for a lot of families. And then, but then it's almost like, why don't we just have daycare instead of kindergarten? But I guess they're, if they're five, they need to be in kindergarten. So. Yeah. Well, and the hard thing too is that um, most of the time you'll have to pay for that daycare. And so for those families that need that time in school, um, I'd imagine they are that, that low income, those low income families that need that extra time, maybe even need that extra attention uh, yeah. for those students that maybe don't get the same attention at home if there's a lot going on and stuff like that. Um, 
I definitely like my parents were both always working because they were divorced when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of see definitely where they're coming from for that full day kindergarten. Um, I'm glad that I came in here with a completely different <laughs> perspective than I you. I know, me too. Um, <laughs> it's always good. More fun Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I love disagreeing with you, Emily. I know, it's a bad There's also the um, aspect of being able to get that like extra meal from the school maybe um because i know sometimes that's true you don't have to pack a lunch yeah exactly for some students if they if they are that low low income um then they can maybe have that access to like another meal that their parents don't have to pay for um if there is a um you know something set up some sort of system set up by the school yeah so i think it's really dependent though i mean some Mm -hmm. schools like you could get full day kindergarten but that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're gonna have free lunch true um i don't know i feel like i just don't get why it has to make every kindergarten mandatory Hmm. like i get the need for full day kindergarten but and i might be misinformed but is it like really that hard to just like there's more full day kindergarten than half day i don't really see why like people who want that extra care mm. can't just go to a full day kindergarten school. Hmm. Right. In a uh, half day. We actually had a, a, a listener call in. Uh, her name was Jan and she's a kindergarten teacher actually. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. And, and some Perfect. of the points she brought up were uh, that, that what kindergarten offers is it's a, it's a place for kids to not only learn the foundations of, you know, going forward in, in schooling, but also learning how to learn as well as engage with people mm-hmm. in, in larger settings. So it helps them socialize and grow in that sense. And I thought those were really good points that I, I honestly didn't think about. She certainly made the point mm-hmm. where it's like, why wouldn't you want to invest in the future of the state? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to help them be better early on by, you know, sort of juicing them on the front end so they're better on the back end. Yeah. And yeah, I, and that I makes sense. you know, that, that actually made sense. And, and, uh, and now I've, I've rescinded my, <laughs> my stance. Let's go full day kindergarten. Oh, I'm on boy. board. What's her name? Jan. Her name was Jan. Good job, Jan. Thank you, Jan, for your call. <laughs> I still disagree with you, but thank you for your call. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I don't know if kindergarten, like, I think it's helpful, but and I guess I'm just speaking from my own experience, you know. But I went to half day. I didn't have an issue. I learned. I socialized. I, I speak to people. I wasn't like, I feel like the growth of Colorado, like our children are not going to be like detrimentally stunted if they go to half day kindergarten. What if they are, though? Hmm. Are you calling me detrimentally stunted? <laughs> <laughs> there are no personal attacks here in the news. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I don't know. I guess... Hmm. I don't know. I, I still, I'm not total, like, I'm open-minded to listening to more points, but as of now, I'm not on board with this plan. Well, if you, dear listener, want to hop in the conversation, because it appears to be more of a hot-button issue <laughs> than I initially realized. I told you it was going to be a hot uh, You could <laughs> yeah. call or text in at 970-491-5278. We'd love to hear what you've got to say. We're going to transition a little bit. Now, Julia, you're here because Hello. you've got us little segment about I do. some tunage. I do, yes. Um, I am in here today for um, some good music talk, I guess you could say. Uh, today we're talking about Pup's new album, if you haven't heard of them. They are a Canadian punk band. Um, I almost said from Canada. They are from Canada, yes. Um, so they're a band that I've been a fan of since I heard of their album, The Dream Is Over, back in 2016 when I first started out here as a DJ. Uh, they released their new album, Morbid Stuff, uh, last Friday, uh, which I was very excited to showcase on my show. That's on Fridays. Uh, one of the biggest things um, as a fan of punk punk music is that a band will lose their edge um, and maybe their original sound sometimes as they continue to develop as a band and start putting out new music, um, which is always something that I'm terrified of is that fear of losing the the amazing sound that I have grown to love. You don't want them to not be punk. I don't want them to not be punk. Exactly. Um, and a lot of that punk music can contain a lot of pain and describe suffering of broken relationships um, and frustration. Um, and it always comes in a good headbanging jam, which I can always appreciate and uh, love to hear. Um, so Kids was one of their first singles that came out of this album. Uh, and I was hesitant at first. Um, until I started realizing that I actually relate to it quite a bit. Um, It's a reflection of depressive and self-deprecating thoughts mixed with the feeling of hope for having someone that you can care about and can hold on to. So here is a little clip of Kids.
So kids definitely represents a feeling of frustration, um, something that I had. They definitely showcased a lot in um, their album "The Dream Is Over," which came out in 2016, which is their second album. Um, but Pup's first self-titled album um, is also represented in this album as well. Uh, from the song "Scorpion Hill," um, there is sort of this reminiscent attitude, I guess, um, that comes in. It's very slow with the intro. Kind of reminds me of a uh, Yukon Valley um, from Pup's first album. Album. This also represents the state of mind that the lead singer Stefan has been experiencing and brings a light to some of his depressive thoughts, I guess. So here's Scorpion Hill. Pup used this album Morbid Stuff to throw back to their sounds and even improve upon their existing sound. They added uh, kind of a new flair, I guess. So Pup doesn't uh, fail to bring their emotional roller coaster that can be, you know, maybe their issues over touring and um, some problems that they have with their bandmates. Or it can come down to dealing with relationships like it is in this album. Um, so it's evident with a song, um, with the next song that shows the struggle of trying to kind of move on and take care of yourself. Um, but still feeling a lingering anger or disappointment with um, how relationship ended in your life. Um, so, of course, not without the contribution of funny little specifics like being vegan or taking up meditation. They like to th- kind of throw in like little things that is definitely uh, relevant and something that they like to uh, kind of reflect, I guess, on what they've been doing. And it's it's kind of nice um, to see that little like window into their lives. Um, so, um Yeah, this next song uh, and the last song that I'm going to be featuring today is See You at Your Funeral. For this week's Rocky Mountain Music segment, I'm Julia Batalise. That last bit was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love them so much. They know how to have fun, but still talk about how sad they are. And I love that. I do like that. I think I'm not a big punk listener. Mm-hmm. And a part of that reason is because it's so dark and sad. <laughs> abrasive. <laughs> yeah, it's very abrasive. But these guys are like at least aware of their abrasion. abrasion. Is that a word? I they know they're sandpaper. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Julia. You're welcome. Yeah, I feel like I'm not angry enough for punk, but I do enjoy I getting am. a little bit of a breakdown into it, especially when it talks about being vegan and how that's actually masochistic. <laughs> oh my God. I know. That was really funny. <laughs> that's, that's a phenomenal line right there. I know. It's so great. But we're going to take a quick break before we dive on into national news, as well as have a bit of a national discussion. So if you want to hop in the conversation for that when we get to it, you know the number. It's 970-491-5278. Keep that dial locked. We'll be right back on the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm your host, J.D. Layden. I'm joined in studio by my co-host... Emily Moshak. As well as our station manager. Hi. I almost called you our reporter. It was really hard not to, because that's that's where they sit. So I'm like, look, it's our reporter. And I was I'm like, not well, a reporter. that's not right. Routinely help with this show. It's true, but we were down some hands and you were... Willing to lend us yours, and we certainly appreciate it. Did you? Speaking of hands, really quick, not to sidetrack you, but did you hear about uh, one of our supporters? What they said today? No. Um, we had a uh, we have surveys that people can fill out online if you didn't know, um, and someone said that they love our station so much that they would amputate their hand just to be able to continue to listen to us. 
Well, I've got great news wow. for that listener. You don't need to amputate your hand Please to keep don't. listening don't to us. Don't amputate your hand. Uh, we Bad advocate idea. strongly against hand amputations. Yes. Uh, your fingers are important. You want to be able to use them. Yes. How? Anyway. And that breaking bombshell news right there. I'm going to drift to national news. According to James Dubeck of NPR, Sudan's military has arrested its president and established a military council to rule the country. Sudan's defense minister, Awad Mohamed Ahmed Ibn Off, stated that the defense council will run the country for two years before democratic elections will be held. Protesters in Sudan have been calling for al-Bashir, the former president, to be ousted for months now. But the announcement of the military council struck counter to the goals of establishing a new democratic government. It remains unclear as to how the Sudanese military will react to their newfound authority. They have been protecting protesters since the first onset of forces loyal to al-Bashir attacking them. The protest began over the price of bread, but quickly spread to political issues. Michael Avenatti, recently known as Stormy Daniels' lawyer, was indicted today on 36 counts of financial crimes by a federal grand jury. The list of crimes includes fraud, perjury, tax evasion, and embezzlement. If convicted on all 36 counts, he faces over 300 years in prison. The indictment comes after information surfaced alleging that Avenatti stole millions from five of his clients. He allegedly used shell companies and various bank accounts to hide the stealing. He was released today on a $300,000 bond and has maintained his innocence on Twitter, saying that he fully intends to fight all charges. However, Avenatti, has al Avenatti also has charges against him in New York for extortion. If convicted, he would receive 47 years in prison. British police arrested WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange today in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. He has been living in the embassy since 2012, claiming asylum after he was released on bail from Sweden on sexual assault charges. But Ecuador recently revoked his asylum and sent police into the embassy to arrest Assange. The president of Ecuador, Lenin Moreno, said Assange's repeated violations of international conventions and daily life protocols caused them to revoke his asylum. The United States is also following up on the extradition request for Assange from December 2017 concerning classified information that was released in 2010. The first privately funded spacecraft to reach the moon crash-landed today, according to Nicole Chavez of CNN. The Israeli spacecraft was attempting a soft landing when it crash-landed after a communication failure. The $100 million spacecraft from Space IL would have been the first privately funded craft to reach the moon, as well as making it the fourth nation to reach the moon. The only other nations to reach the moon are the United States, the former Soviet Union, and China. Ofer Doran, the manager of the Israeli aerospace industry, Space Division, stated, I'm sorry to say that our spacecraft did not make it in one piece to the moon. We made it all the way to the moon. This is a great accomplishment. We are the seventh country to make it all the way to the moon. For your national news, I'm J.D. Layton. Thank you, J.D. Well, so I understand that there's been some more controversy lurking in Georgia, of all places. Not that that's all that surprising, though you could really say that about anywhere. Yeah, you could. But this new controversy is a mother who is already pregnant was in a parking lot of a gas station with her three-year-old son and he said he had to go to the bathroom and he ran into the parking lot and peed in public and yeah but a police officer saw the incident or yes okay a police officer saw the incident and she is now facing up to 60 days in jail because she was issued a citation for letting her three-year-old pee in the parking lot. I, I'd like to say letting, letting her child pee in the parking lot sometimes is not really up to you. <laughs> I agree. Um, it definitely sounded like, for one thing, she's 34 weeks pregnant, I believe, is what I saw. Um yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, 34 weeks pregnant, um, and out of nowhere, basically, her child just said, Mom, I'm about to pee my pants, and that's, I mean, there's really nothing you can do at that point. It's either 
you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, kids just do what you got to do. I remember I was driving back from the mountains, and I-70 was just backed up, bumper-to-bumper traffic, and I see the car in front of me open their door, hold their baby boy, like little toddler, out the door, and he's just peeing off the highway. And you know what? was hilarious, though. I'm like, (laughs) why would anyone be offended? Like, unless you... If you are offended by... A child's parts, then you are a creep. Like they're how kids. Can, how can we let them do that so early, though? That is completely unacceptable. I'm being sarcastic. I was right like, now. you better clarify, Jay. <laughs> no, I, you can't. You can't keep kids from doing that stuff, man. I was a little, a little hellion as a child. I would pee wherever I wanted to. I, my dad hated going on road trips with me for any extended amount of time because I would always be like, Dad, pull over right now. I have to pee right now. Yeah. You're like, why didn't you pee at the gas station? Because I didn't have to pee then. Now I have to pee. Yeah, kids just don't make sense. What? Yeah. It's like the illogical. mom, people, like, it's, she, there's nothing she could have done. And then um, the mom said that the police officer who approached her said that she should have picked her son up and taken him to the bathroom. But she said, my son already had pulled his pants down and immediately started peeing. Then he would have peed all over the gas station floor. Yeah, which is true. But he still issued her a citation, which says, quote, subject allowed her two-year-old male child, oh, I guess he's two, not three, to urinate in the Mm. parking lot. I observe the male's genitals and the urination. Public restrooms are offered at the location. I just find that really upsetting. How are you going to call a child, like, a male? But that's just so misleading, saying male. It makes it sound like it's... It's like a... 40 year old man yeah that's what i think when i think male not a not a child that's two or three well it does say male child i guess well on on the site that i'm on oh is it different it says male child but then it says i observed the male's genitals and the urination Mm. which just doesn't i like oh yeah you're right i i just find i was hoping to figure out who the officer was i was trying to look it up but i couldn't find anything um i just feel like I don't know. Has this person never had children? Have they never been around children? Like, this is just a re- the reality of having children. It just happens children. sometimes. They're, they do weird things. Yes. They do. Like pee on the floor. <laughs> I know. For no well, reason. And the thing is, too, is that besides the 60 days in jail, she's also facing five thousand a $5,000 fine, which is insane. Yeah. Or a one that, I don't know. Oh. Differing websites. We're are seeing di- different things, apparently. I know. Well, regardless. <laughs> no one has the right information, but basically, yeah, yeah. she's facing a lot of unfortunate stuff. And sure, her court date now is on April 30th, which is right before her due date for her second. This oh, is terrible. Oh my this is like just... the worst case scenario. She's just trying to be a parent. If the lady's pregnant. She's not going to be able to like pick up her child and like walk it. She's pregnant. Honestly, it's like yeah. our taxpayer money is going towards this crap. Like, there are so many other real criminals that we could be like yeah. prosecuting this and is a tracking down. Not a three-year-old who peed in public. Like if it was a twenty-five-year-old who's peed in public, then yeah, like take him, get you, like get away. Yeah, creep. that's a problem. Cover, cover that man up. Even then, like I don't cover know, just give him up. a fine. Like unless he's like a pervert, it's probably just a drunk person. Like yeah, which isn't right. But I'm like, eh. I just, I, I, that just blows my mind. I just like can't believe that. I know. This is like, I, I don't, I don't want to relate children to animals, but like imagine if this were a dog, there would be no incident. Mm-hmm. And dogs pee on the floor all the time. Yeah. This is a three year old child. It, it, I don't want to say that they have the same like mental function. <laughs> like, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. But it's like, come on. It's, I, a, yeah. it's a kid. It, I know. Things like this happen. Just, it's okay, man. I know. Relax. I just, really, this officer sucks. I think bottom line. Yeah, I and think it's a it's a nay for me. There's just not enough like empathy at this point. I feel like in the world, it's she's pregnant. She can't even pick up her child at this point. Like there's literally nothing she could have done in that situation. I think she did the best she could, and the officer was just not being fair. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess the only way I feel like it would be like justified, and even then, it's like still stretched. If she was like being. You know, a butt to the officer, like harassing him about the fact that this was happening. Yeah, even then, like I couldn't see it. It's 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 a it's definitely a stretch. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna be talking to their boss for this. I think. I hope public outrage happens and they somehow. But we are the voice of public outrage. Yes. Oh my goodness. Everyone get on Twitter and <laughs> get angry. Get oh. angry. Oh boy. But speaking of uh, reaching out, we actually have a listener uh, coming back from our previous roundtable about full time kindergarten. They okay. had a statement where 
They said full-time kindergarten gets out-of-work parents back to contributing to the economy a year earlier. Oftentimes, one parent leaves a workforce until kids go back to school full-time. That's six years before first grade. Every year out of workforce makes it a lot harder to get back in. It's also $1,200 a month per, per family for childcare versus $290 a month per child of, for full-time kindergarten, which that's actually a very interesting hmm. point. Yeah. Well, thank you, dear listener, for, for giving us some feedback. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Jan. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if this is Jan. Oh, it might not be Jan. Oh, I thought it was Jan again. It's probably Jan. We don't know. Whoever you are, we love you, Dan, and other texters. Yeah. <laughs> we love all of our listeners. We do. But anyway, it's time to focus on something very near and dear to our hearts. Uh-huh. It's only the most important part of every show. The part that everybody waits for, start to finish, that they live for, they breathe for. We could put it at the beginning, but we wouldn't, because what else would they listen to? Yeah, exactly. exactly. They wouldn't want to listen to us after that. <laughs> it's... The weather. The weather. The weather. <laughs> you know, I can't actually remember the last time I saw, like, a lightning storm. I feel like it's been a hot minute. Not in Colorado. Mm. It'll happen dun, dun. more in the summer, I bet. Yeah, absolutely. The weather. But... What's the weather, J.D.? But it, it is the weather. So we survived <laughs> another uh, uh, bomb, a snow bomb, snow cyclone, snow attack... A snow-nami. We made it again. And it was pretty wild. But today's actually pretty nice in comparison to yesterday, which is very strange. And you know what? Tomorrow's going to be even nicer than today with a high of 42 and a low of 27. And you know what? Guess what? Saturday's going to be even nicer with a high of 49 and a low of 26, partially cloudy. Sunday, whew, rev up those shorts. Because it's going to be even nicer with a high of 64 and a low of 37. And Monday, it's going to be even nicer with a high of 70 and a low of 39. You know, these days just keep getting better and better. So hang on in until there. Until they get worse. And then, well, yeah, but we're not going to talk about until they get worse. We'll talk about that one. That, we'll cross you got to wait till Tuesday, yeah, my you gotta friends. Yeah, you got to wait till Tuesday to know what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's going to be good. We'll have a very special interview that I'm not going to tell you about now. We'll have multiple be... interviews, won't we? Yeah, but one of them's super cool. So, <laughs> don't. But I'm don't. not. I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying people should tune in on Tuesday. Well, yeah. Yeah. Y'all should just tune in anyway, even if it's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Very but true. Very true. It won't never not be cool because it's us. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Alrighty. <laughs> First off, I would like to thank all of our reporters for helping us put together the show. Max was Hunter for his feature piece, as well as Katie Otter for her local news. And Ren Wadsworth for and, her coverage yeah. of the ASCSU election. And of course, you, Julia, for all your help in our times of need. <laughs> That's me. That's you. And I want to thank you, Emily, for being the co-hostess with the mostess. See, it actually works. You're actually the co-hostess. Yes. All right. Indeed. Thank you, JD. And thank you, listener, for all of your good old support. Yeah. And thank you uh, to everybody who reached out to us for those discussions. We always love getting feedback from y'all. We're not animals. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Up next, we have Fallen by Battery Park.